from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Boston, this is the Danny Picard Show, Monday, April 24th, 2017. Today's show is presented by Beantown Athletics, your number one source for screen printing and embroidery. From designing to printing, Beantown Athletics does it all. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now to get a free quote for your customized apparel. Today's show is also presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com by using my promo code PICK. That's P-I-C. And at DraftKings, every day is a brand new season, especially during the Major League Baseball season. And it's easy. Just fill out your lineup, two starting pitches, three outfielders, fill in the rest of your infield, and then follow the action live in your DraftKings app. Now, I don't play regular fantasy baseball anymore. I told you this many times. The biggest reason why is because the baseball season is just too long. And if you do have a good fantasy baseball team and you think you're going to win some money, when do you actually see that money? Not till the end of the season. You don't get rewarded for a good fantasy baseball team until the end of the year. The season begins in April and it ends in September, at the end of September, early October. So you have to wait so long to get your reward for a good fantasy baseball team. And that's why I love DraftKings and putting a baseball lineup in for DraftKings because at DraftKings, that's not an issue. You can put a different lineup together every single day and even put together more than one lineup every single day with a chance to win big money every single night. And it's not just baseball. DraftKings has something for everybody, even during the Stanley Cup playoffs and NBA playoffs. So what are you waiting for? Go to DraftKings.com right now or download their app and play for free by using my promo code PICK. That's P-I-C, DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show on this Monday, April 24th. I bring in my producer, Pete Neenum. Pete, how you doing today? What's up, PICK? Not much. Uh, I'm fired up, as you know. Came in today and I was... uh, Came in hot today. Yeah, because I had a short show. Last night on WEEI, yesterday on Sunday, doing Red Sox Review. And there's a lot going on. I will get into some Stanley Cup playoff and NBA playoff stuff, especially when it comes to the Bruins being eliminated uh, by the Ottawa Senators in Game 6 at the TD Garden. They were eliminated yesterday on Sunday. And the Celtics have turned this series around, and they won two games in Chicago. They won games three and four in Chicago The Celtics even up their first-round playoff series with the Bulls at two games apiece. And you got now some trash-talking in that Bulls-Celtics series, mostly coming from Chicago's side with Fred Hoiberg and Jimmy Butler. We have that audio for you. We'll play that. I'll talk playoff hockey and playoff basketball with regards to the Bruins and the Celtics in just a few minutes. And also a couple NFL thoughts as well because it is draft week. The NFL Draft begins Thursday night in primetime, so we have that. We have a little report from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network saying that uh, a a trade between Malcolm, a trade that would send Malcolm Butler to the Saints is unlikely to happen, even though that decides the Saints and and Malcolm Butler have agreed to a multi-year deal. Now, Rappaport says that. It's already kind of been reported by Mike Giotti from Comcast Sportsnet New England who reported that, you know, they they have an agreement sort of on the numbers. It's just the guaranteed money was a little up in the air. You know, Malcolm Butler went and visited the New Orleans Saints as a restricted free agent. He has since signed his restricted free agent first-round tender with the Patriots. It's $3.91 million. 
But uh, now the question is, since he signed his tender, will the Patriots trade him? And you would think that if they're going to trade him, they're going to do it before Thursday night and before the first round of the draft because if New Orleans is the team that Malcolm Butler will go to, you would think that by the rule of the restricted free agency, the Patriots, you would think, wouldn't back off of the number 11 overall pick. And perhaps that's what it's looking like they won't back off because according to Ian Rappaport, a trade between the Patriots and Saints that would send Malcolm Butler to New Orleans is unlikely to happen. So um, that's the news with regards to the NFL and the New England Patriots. But I'm fired up for a baseball reason today. And I I just mentioned that I had a short show on WEEI yesterday, last night with a lot going on, but it was technically Red Sox review I, I still would have got to this topic last night on the radio, even if it wasn't Red Sox Review, because Dustin Pedroia has me as fired up as I've been, as pissed off as I've been about a Boston professional athlete. This is as pissed off as I've been about someone in Boston, athlete in Boston, in a long, long time. In a long time. And if you don't know what's going on, I think it was easy to miss this because the Bruins are in the playoffs and got eliminated yesterday, because the Celtics had a huge playoff win last night in Chicago to even that series up at two games apiece, because we have the NFL draft, and now today you got more Malcolm Butler stuff coming up, and even, you know, the Boston Globe story that was written over the weekend on Tom Brady, which they just tried to crush Tom Brady for his charitable efforts, and, and I mean, it's just sort of a, in my opinion, sort of a laughable story, the, the way they try to make Tom Brady out to be this bad guy, and it's it's just not that. So there's a lot of other stuff going on. I can understand if you missed this Red Sox storyline with Dustin Pedroia, and 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 I guess if you did miss it, let me give you a little background. Let's go let's go through what happened this weekend between the Boston Red Sox and the Baltimore Orioles. And I guess the theme of this rant that I have, and the theme of this show today, and the theme of my anger on this Monday, April 24th, is basically this. Fuck Dustin Pedroia. Okay? That's basically it. That's my theme. Because I've had had enough. I just, I've I've had enough of Dustin Pedroia. There's just always too much of him talking, this, that, the other thing. Nobody else is going to say this, so I will. Fuck Dustin Pedroia. (laughs) You know, (laughs) seriously. Pete, you're laughing, but I mean... When we look at, and we're going to get into it all right now, we have audio, not just of him, but of, a, you know, his, one of his teammates, his manager. I got some background. We're, we're going to go back into the Machado stuff and, and, and him being a punk in Major League Baseball. But I've just had enough of Dustin Pedroia. And he talks this big game. He's this big tough guy. And then when, it, when somebody actually gets his back on his own team, he's going to throw that player under the bus? Here's the deal. Here's what happened. The Red Sox and Orioles playing a series in Baltimore this weekend. Friday night. Friday night. What, eighth inning? Late in the game. Whenever it was. Manny Machado is on first. There's a double play ball that's thrown to Pedroia at second, and Machado is running to second base. And he slides over the base, okay? So he slides where his left leg is bent and down, and his right foot is stuck out. You could do a little, you know, little maybe a little pup slide here. I don't know. Either way, he lifts his leg up to go over the base. And in the process, he spikes Pedroia. And 
I think there's another injury here, too, it looks like, because this isn't just, you know, he got a cut on his leg. This seems somewhat structural, because Pedroia then left that game, you know, sort of limped off the field. He didn't play Saturday the next day, and he didn't play yesterday on Sunday. The Red Sox have off today on Monday. Pedroia's going to have another MRI, I guess. He's going to get this thing checked out again. Pedroia's hurt. He's missing some time because of his slide. Machado slid into second. It's, a, it's not really the type of slide you see every day. Now, I'm somebody that in the history of baseball, I don't usually get too worked up about contact in that area when it comes to breaking up a double play. Now they have rules, though, for that. They don't want to see that. They're trying to eliminate that, the, the breakup slide, right? They, they, they don't want that anymore. So they've, they've made rules where you can't do that, and when you do, you know, you, you're going to be punished. But... Machado slides over second base, and he makes contact. And it's clear his goal is to make contact in this spot. Now, Machado has a history of doing some things that make him look like a punk, or at least, in my eyes, from the things that I've seen out of Machado, and we'll get into it in just a few minutes, this isn't the first time he's been involved in some type of altercation on the field. It's not. And I don't think there's any coincidence that he's involved once again. So he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt in this situation because he's been involved in these situations previously. Now, he slides in a second. He injures Dustin Pedroia. Pedroia, the heart and soul of the Boston Red Sox, okay? He is. Especially now that David Ortiz is gone. All right, Pedroia's a dirt dog. He's, you know, he's going to play injured. He's somebody that is going to hit you 300. And he's an all-star in this league. And he's a great baseball player. I'm not taking that away from him. He's a great ball player. And he's somebody that, when it comes to the on-field stuff, you want on your team. And you would think he's respected enough, not just around the league, but in that clubhouse, that Red Sox clubhouse, to where... When something like this does happen to him, especially when it's someone like Manny Machado on the other end, you expect the Red Sox as a team to be pissed off about this, okay? They were pissed off. You could see that after the game. There's some things that were said. Now, they play against Saturday. Again, Pedroia doesn't play. Nothing happens. In fairness, you got a knuckleballer on the mound, Steven Wright's on the mound, and... You lose that game 4-2. So when you don't do anything early right away with Steven Wright on the mound, the knuckleballer, which I can kind of understand. If you're going to retaliate, are you doing it with Steven Wright? Eh, maybe not. So when you don't retaliate there, what happens? You fall behind 4-2. At that point, you're trying to win a ball game. You're not going to do anything. So you don't do anything Saturday. You don't retaliate. Now, when I did see this slide at first on Friday night, I wasn't watching it live. I saw it afterwards on video because I was watching the Bruins and the Celtics. When you see it, when I saw this video, I didn't think retaliation at first. The first time I thought retaliation was when I heard people talking about it. And, and I said to myself, all right, I guess I can. All right, since it's Pedroia getting hurt and it's Machado and it's obviously not such a normal slide and he meant to make contact. Yeah, I can understand retaliation. I can see retaliation. Right? I can understand that. And... When you don't do it Saturday, I don't necessarily think that it won't happen. I, I even said going into that game, well, it's Stephen Wright. Do you retaliate with Stephen Wright? Probably not. So then you get Sunday. Sunday afternoon, yesterday afternoon, Eduardo Rodriguez on the mound. And Rodriguez did kind of throw low and in on Machado a couple times. 
Was that a mistake? I don't know. Rodriguez, he was a little wild yesterday. He did walk, what, five guys, struck out seven. But Rodriguez had a great day. Had a great day. Only allowed one hit in six scoreless innings and gets his first win of the season. The Red Sox won. They avoided a three-game sweep. Rodriguez had a great day. So they didn't hit Machado. The Red Sox are up 6 nothing. The eighth inning yesterday, Matt Bonds is in the game. You're up 6 nothing. Machado's at the plate. Bonds is on the mound, throws heat, throws 98. What does he do? He throws at Machado. But he throws it at his head. He throws at Manny Machado's head, okay? And Bonds gets ejected. And obviously, the Orioles are upset. Obviously, Machado's upset. The umpire's upset. He ejects Bonds. Bonds gets thrown out of the game. Um... But after he gets thrown out of the game, there's an exchange between Dustin Pedroia and Manny Machado that was caught on the Nesson cameras that the more I watch this exchange, the more I cringe, honestly, and the more pissed off that I get, and the more I think to myself, fuck Dustin Pedroia. The more I watch it, the more I cringe, and the more angry I get. And if you didn't see this exchange, I, I recorded the video from the Nesson feed on TV and I put it on my Twitter feed. It's pinned to the top, at Danny Picard. Follow me on Twitter, or if you want, just go there and watch it. Here's the exchange if you didn't see it. Pedroia is sitting at the top step of the dugout, all right? He's got his hands over the railing. He didn't play, obviously. He's hurt because Machado injured him. Bonds throws at Machado. He's got Pedroia's back. He gets ejected. He threw at his head. He didn't hit him in the head, just went over his head. And... Machado's pissed. So as the new Red Sox pitcher, Joe Kelly, is warming up, Machado's in the on-deck circle on one knee. And Pedroia's at the top step of the dugout, and he initiates conversation across the field to Machado. He says, hey, hey. Then he even gives him a little whistle. He's trying to get Machado's attention. He finally gets Machado's attention. And I'm watching it right now again as I am doing this podcast. And he says, hey, that wasn't me. That was him. And he's saying that was Matt Bonds. And Pedroia says, if that was me, I would have hit you the first day, the first at bat. That's what Pedroia's saying. Which, okay, I guess I can understand Pedroia's mentality uh, at that point. But he continues to go, that wasn't me, that was him. And he's pointing behind him to Matt Bonds, the pitcher that that defended Dustin Pedroia. Pedroia's throwing his own teammate under the bus. Now Machado's looking back going, oh, he tried to hit me in the head. Pedroia's like, I know. Pedroia goes, this is what Pedroia said. He goes, I know. That's bullshit. Machado points at his head. Pedroia goes, I know. That's bullshit. That was him, not me. Okay? Pedroia did this. It's on camera. It's on TV. Pedroia knows this is going to be on TV. If he doesn't, he's an idiot. All right? He... He initiates the conversation to throw his own teammate under the bus. Now, I've had some people say, here's why Pedroia did it. He didn't want any of his teammates to get thrown at, you know, they, he didn't want the Orioles thrown at his teammates' head in, in the next inning, in the ninth inning, or in later games that these two teams play, because they're going to play, what, 13, 14 more times, I think, this season. They're going to play a lot, at least. So, I've, I've heard that, and I guess I can understand it to a point, but do you really think what Pedroia said to Machado in that moment was going to affect the Orioles' decision as to how they were then going to retaliate? No, it wasn't. 
No, it wasn't. And if you're doing it for future games, here's the way this thing should have went down. Pedroia should have communicated with Machado after the game. Either texted him or called him. And if you say, well, they don't talk, we heard that after this play happened on Friday night, Machado and Pedroia were texting. So they got each other's numbers. They can communicate. Pedroia can give an easy text or an easy call and say, hey, you know what? Throwing at your head is not right. We talked. This is squashed. That was not me. That was not us. That was a mistake he made. I mean, I kind of even have a problem with that. But if you are that pissed off, if you're Pedroia, that, oh, Bonds didn't do you right by throwing at his head, then then at least do it behind closed doors. At least do it, you know, when, when no, nobody else is watching and nobody else is listening to it. But Pedroia on TV, he initiates conversation with the guy on the other team who injured him, by the way, with what you could call a dirty slide. Spike them. And he says, that's not me, that's him. That's bullshit. That's not me, that's him. He's pointing down his own tunnel. Matt Bonds isn't even in the shower yet. And then Pedroia's calling him out. Pedroia felt the need to initiate this and throw his teammate under the bus. Meanwhile, Bonds is probably watching it going, what the fuck? I'm throwing at Machado because I'm getting the guy's back. He's my teammate. Like, this whole situation to me, I was watching it yesterday at WEEI as I'm about to go on air. And I'm looking up at the TV, and I'm I'm watching the exchange going, I'm confused. Is Pedroia throwing his own teammate under the bus? Like, I just couldn't comprehend what was going on. And I said on the radio, I said, this is a bad look for Pedroia. Now, I'm not sitting there telling you that throwing at somebody's head is the right thing to do. It, could I understand retaliation? Sure. And you should plunk him in the back or plunk him in the ass, and that's it. Not in the head. I'm not saying that throwing at his head was right. And and perhaps there were other players on the Red Sox in that moment that were upset that he went at his head. All right, fine. But there's being upset with it, and then there's doing what Pedroia did, which to me is the most ridiculous thing I've seen. I've never seen this. Pete, have you ever seen a player do that? Have you ever seen a player do that? No, I think Pedroia got a huge man crush on Manny Machado. I don't know what's going on there. but <laughs> It's the only reason that I can come up with. Honestly, it's... I've never seen this. I've seen, look, I, I'm not telling you throwing at someone's head is the right thing to do. But it's not the first time it's happened, and guess what? It won't be the last. So let's not act like throwing at someone's head as much as we think it's not the right thing to do. Let's not act like this is the first time it's ever been done, all right? So it's one thing to be upset about it if you're Pedroia or anyone else in the Red Sox. It's another thing to express that anger and throw a teammate under the bus right then and there on the field yelling across the way, Meanwhile, you're only in the dugout in that spot with your hooded sweatshirt on because the guy on the other side injured you. Like, and the guy that you're throwing under the bus is actually the only guy that had your back. Like, if you're Matt Bonds, you're on that mound, and you're going, Petey's my boy, Petey's our guy, Dustin Pedroia's our leader. You're going to take him out? You're going you're gonna to injure our leader like that? Guess what? You're not going to get away with it. Here you go. Bang. I mean, all right, we don't like that he threw it at his head, but is it really that crazy that Bonds did that? Is it? To the point where Pedroia should throw him under the bus? He's defending Pedroia. I, what doesn't Pedroia understand about this? 
Oh, this is so stupid. It pisses me off. And it's not over there. It's one, it's one thing if that was it. He doubled down after the game. Pedroia doubled down after the game. Throwing Bonds under the bus. He even went as far to say he loves Manny Machado. We played this on WEEI yesterday. All right. Um, this was post-game. Dustin Pedroia yesterday after he had that exchange with Machado. He doubled down on it after the game. Here it is. Yeah, I just told him I, I, I didn't have anything to do with that. That's not, that's not how you... That's not how you do that, man. Uh, sorry to him and his team, you know. If you're, if you're going to protect guys, you do it right away. And he knows that, and, and both teams know that. So, definitely mishandled situation. He, there was zero intentions of him trying to hurt me. He just made a bad slide and did hurt me. It's baseball, man. I'm mad at him. I love Manny Machado. Like, uh, pl- love playing against him. Uh, love, love watching him. Oh, I mean, if I if I slid into third base and got Manny's knee, I know I'm gonna get drilled. Oh my god, I love Manny Machado. I can, honestly, we played that a couple times. I even said it last night in the air. After I said, I can only take so much of that. I can only listen to that so much. I mean, the guy slid into you over the bag, crushed your knee, you're injured, you got a teammate who had your back, all right, you don't like that he threw it at his head, you wanted him to throw it a specific body pot, not his head, and here you are now saying you love Manny Machado, a guy who, by the way, is no angel, who's a punk, all right, who has been involved in these situations before, you want to know the situations he's been in? 2014, against the Oakland Athletics, Josh Donaldson tags... Machado, who's going to third. All right, it was a, you know, he slapped it on him because he was trying to make a, make another throw and get a double play and double someone else up. So he tagged him hard with the glove. Machado kind of tried to get out of the way of it. He fell to the ground. Machado gets up, helmet off, and he throws his hands in the air and he gets in Donaldson's face. It's like, and Donaldson's like, what are you doing, dude? What? And the bench is clear. It's like, what are you doing? This is in 2014. The, the, either the next game or a couple games later, Oakland retaliated with, by the way, a guy who's now a re- member of the Red Sox pitching staff, Fernando Abad, throws inside on Machado. Okay, doesn't hit him, throws inside. It was a 10-0 game, threw inside. It's obviously retaliation for acting like a clown and getting in Donaldson's face and overreacting and acting like a punk and trying to be this big, tough guy. So he threw inside on him. And it wasn't high, it was low. Abad threw in on him. Machado, the next pitch, throws his bat out at the third baseman. And don't tell me it was by accident. It was clearly on purpose. Now everybody's like, what are you doing? You're throwing your bat? So the comments after that were like, Machado doesn't respect the game. He's a punk. It all came out. All right? So that's that's the first thing. So, I mean, if you're asking what the Red Sox pitching staff thinks of Manny Machado, you got Fernando Abad back there. And I'm not saying I, I like Fernando Abad and what he brings to the table for the Red Sox pitching staff at all. But he is there. And there's a certain type of camaraderie with those guys, especially out in the bullpen. You think Bonds, Abad, and those guys weren't talking? Heck, when you saw on Friday night, Joe Kelly was on the mound as Machado slid into Pedroia's knee. Go watch Joe Kelly's reaction. Joe Kelly got his hands up. He goes, come on, Manny. Are you serious? Kelly was going nuts. He goes, what the fuck, Manny? Joe Kelly's soft as puppy shit. Like, I mean, he's not a tough dude. And he's pissed off about it. At the end of that clip, Pedroia even says, if Manny slid into me, I would expect to get hit. Yeah, but Pedroia was upset with throwing at the head. And okay, fine. I can understand that. I'm I'm, I'm not saying I'm happy that he threw at his head. But at the same time, you can be unhappy with that 
and not throw your teammate under the bus on camera and then do it again in the post game. He goes, yeah, you know what? We should have retaliated right away. I get news for you. Matt Bonds didn't pitch on Saturday. Excuse me. Yeah, he didn't pitch on Saturday. He pitched on Sunday. And when Bonds is on that mound on Sunday, you know what? Their bullpen's probably back there going, we haven't hit this kid yet. It's 6 nothing. He took out Pedroia. Pedroia's our guy. You know they're having that conversation. He did, did. They're coming out with one purpose. We're defending our guy. And you know what Pedroia did in that moment? He did everything but defend his guy. And that's fucking bullshit, okay? It's bullshit. And that's why I say something that no one else is going to say. And that's fuck Dustin Pedroia. And you know why I can say this, Pete? You know why I can say this? Because there's a little history with me and Pedroia, okay? I'm going to come out and, and get this out of the way. And be clear about this right off the bat here before I continue to crush Pedroia. It's that I don't like the guy anyways. Alright? I don't like the guy. I don't. I don't I love him as a ball player on the field, but I don't like the guy. And there's a reason for it. I used to cover the Red Sox for Comcast Sportsnet New England. I was, you could call, I don't know, a beat writer. I, I, I basically was the utility guy. I covered the Red Sox, the Patriots, the Bruins. I covered it all. The Revolu- I even covered the fucking Revolution, all right? Saturday nights at Gillette Stadium. You think I wanted to be there? No. But I was, and I covered it. And I did it to the best of my abilities, even though I just, soccer is not my thing. I mean, I, I, I played soccer. I grew up playing soccer, to be honest. I just, I can't watch it, and I can't cover it. But I did. It's one of the things I did for Comcast Sportsnet, but that was my role. I was like utility off the bench. Nothing crazy. I had no agendas in there. I knew, I knew my role. I, I was working with Sean McAdam at the time. Um, and, you know, I was, I was in there, and, and I was just standing in the clubhouse. And I'm actually somebody who sides with the players. Like, I usually side with the players. Like, I can understand the players' mentality when it comes to dealing with the media, especially in Major League Baseball. It's too much media access. Like, we would go for a 7 o'clock first pitch, and we'd be in the clubhouse at, like, 3.25. They'd put the lineup outside the, the clubhouse at 3.15 or something, and we'd go in at 3.25, 3.30, we'd be in the clubhouse. And you'd stand around and do nothing. Every once in a while, you'd get someone who, who, who would talk to the media, and everybody would get around them, the media scrum, and, you know, some old bastard would be sweating on you, smelling like B.O., uh, and, you, and I'm thinking, like, what, what are we doing? And if I was a player and I was in pregame at 3.30, we'd be in the room in the clubhouse, Pete. As be- We'd be in there before certain players would come in. Players would arrive at the ballpark with like a backpack, jeans and a t-shirt and a nice coffee. And we'd already be in there with our recorders and our notebooks being like, huh, what is he going to say today? Like, you know, it, kind of, it was so over the top and just too much access. Now, look, I'm not blaming the media members. This is just something that is in the baseball media practice. Like, if it's open, the media members should go down. Because you can't not be in there. What if you're a media member that misses something? You know, let's say one day they're down there and Hanley Ramirez calls over the media and says, you know what? John Farrell can go fuck himself. You know, if you're the media member that decided to stay up in the press box eating popcorn and say, I just think there's too much access and he didn't go down, you'd be fired. So I'm not blaming the media members that are down there. I guess I'm looking at the the whole access from a Major League Baseball standpoint. Like, I just don't think there should even be that access in the clubhouse that early before a game, if at all. But there is, and you stand around, 
for a couple hours and you just stand there and you're like looking up at the TV and sometimes there's nothing going on. And one day I was standing there behind Dustin Pedroia. He was sitting in his, you know, in his in front of his locker in a, in, a, in the folding chair. I think he was sitting next to was he next to Napoli? I, I forget who he was next to exactly. But you know, he's sitting there and I'm just I'm literally minding my own business. I'm not trying to talk to Dustin Pedroia. I'm not trying to bother him. Again, I side with these guys. They shouldn't want us in there, okay? I, and, and because of that, I kind of feel awkward being in there. Like, I, I, don't, I didn't really want to be in there, but I had to be. It's my job. So I'm standing there, minding my own business. I hear Pedroia, like right over my shoulder, and my back to him. I hear him go, who the fuck are you? And I look, I'm like kind of shocked and rattled. I'm like, is he? And he's like looking at me. I'm like, is he, is he talking to me? Like, did I do something? So I look, I, I say, like, I, even before I could say, what's that? He, he came right back looking at me. He was sitting down. He's looking up. He's going, he goes again. Second time, he goes, who the fuck are you? Did you look over your shoulder and like act like No, that was, that was the first time I did. I was like looking around. See if there was a terrorist so, behind so you. So now I'm, now I'm like kind of pissed off, like rattled, like he's showing me up. And I'm like, Danny Picard, Comcast Sportsnet. New England. And, and I don't know. It's Comcast Sportsnet, I think I said. And, 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 and you know, I said it. And he was like, uh, and he had nothing to say. I don't think he expected me to respond like that. And he looks at the kid next to me. I don't know who it was, but it was someone who didn't respond the way I did and wasn't going to respond the way I did. And I think he understood that by looking at the kid. And, and he goes, he goes, who the fuck are you to the other kid? And the other kid, you know, collapsed like a beach chair. I'm nobody. I mean, <laughs> I mean like, and, uh, and I'm not saying I was in there like, like trying to start a fight, but I, I was not happy. I was like, what is going on? And, and that was it. Pedroia like did nothing after that. Like he, he, he just he, wanted to know. He, he like looked around and was like, Oh yeah, you got, got new people in here. Like what the, who the fuck, are, who the fuck are these guys? And I was just kind of like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, what did you get out of that? And what I've taken from that every time I think about Dustin Pedroia is if he walked down the street, if he was just walking down the street, would he go up to random people and go, who the fuck are you? No way. You know why he wouldn't do it? Just out randomly outside of his own clubhouse? You know why I wouldn't do it? Because he'd get his ass kicked. Okay? He'd get his absolute ass kicked in the fucking street. All right? That's why he doesn't do it. That's why he wouldn't do it. But he did it in that moment. And that, to me, that's a pussy move. That's what it is. But Pedroia's got this big mouth. You know, he's always running his mouth. He's always talking. He's always... You know, and everybody, you know, people love it. They're like, oh, he's so funny. Like, oh, the laser show. And I've always kind of looked at it and was like, eh. You know, Pedroia's going to give you the soundbite. And as somebody who takes soundbites for shows and stuff, and you're looking for entertainment and to entertain people, all right, those things can be useful. Those things can be good. But I don't necessarily think, you know, it's looked upon in his own clubhouse as being some something that people enjoy. And I actually got a little taste of that. Another time I was in the clubhouse is another Pedroia story. Um, and this is, go- I mean, I think this might have been, what, 2010, maybe 2011. Uh, Vicente Padilla. Remember him out of the bullpen? He kind of had the long hair. He looked like, I mean, he was like a WWE superstar, wasn't he? I mean, that's just, he had that look, that feel. Like, uh, But he was, uh, he was someone who, who was on the pitching staff. And, you know, he just kind of looked like a nut. And Pedroia one time was looking up at the TV, and they and they I don't know if they still do it, but the TVs that that, that they play, it's not like you're watching ESPN or or you know MLB Network. 
they have clips of the pitcher that they're about to face on, not on loop, but they cut out all the other stuff, and it's just pitch by pitch by pitch by pitch, right? And so if you're on the Red Sox, you're looking up at that going, all right, this is what this guy's got tonight. It's like part of the scouting report pregame. And you're in there watching it. is looking at the screen one day, and he sees a pitcher that they're about to face. And he looks over at the couches, and the relief pitches are over there. Vicente Padilla is one of them. And I'm just sort of watching this thing from afar. And Pedroia looks up at the TV. He's got his shirt off. And he looks over at the, the pitches who are on the couch. And he says, points up the TV, goes, when I hit a home run off this guy tonight, I'm going to flex right in his face. I'm going to walk around the bases like this. And he's got his arms up, and he's flexing. All right? He's flexing. And he's loud, and it's obnoxious. So I decided to look over at... I decided to look over at... Vicente Padilla and the boys on the couch and how they see how they reacted to this and they here's how they reacted I, I wish I could show you we're not doing the video today um I have some problems with my computer whatever that's for another time that, that my 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 Apple store rant is for another time I don't know what the fuck's going on behind the Apple store walls but you know that's for another time we don't have the video today but I'll try to describe it the best I can I looked over at Vicente Padilla and he had this stare. He didn't laugh. He didn't smile. He was staring at Pedroia. And he just slowly turned and looked at the guy next to him. And the guy next to him, I forget who it was, looked back at Vicente Padilla. And then they both looked back over at Pedroia. And then both looked back up at the TV to what they were doing. It was like they looked at each other to say without words. They didn't need words. The, the words they were saying just by looking at each other like that. And then looking back at Pedroia was, Shut the fuck up. Sit back down. Uh, honestly, like that's what it was. That, that's what it was. It was like, just stop. Enough. Enough. We get it. You're loud. You like to, you like to talk shit. All right. We understand. You're the laser show. We get it. You hit home runs as a, as a smaller guy in baseball. We understand. You crush the ball. You're an all-star second baseman. You're a great ball player. We get it. Okay. Can we get back to watching TV without you yelling in here? So... I, they kind of gave me a sense as to, all right, not, it, they don't know, not everybody loves it, right? Not everybody, like, laughs at everything he says and loves it. And, uh, but Pedroia, you know, he's, he's got a big mouth. And there was a moment there where he, he called me out. And I, because of that, I've, I've never really, I've never really liked the guy. I haven't. I, look, I root for the Red Sox. I love the Red Sox. This is my team. And I love to see Pedroia. That said, I mean, I'd love to see Pedroia have success on the field. There's nothing I root for more than that. That's all I'm asking for, though. I'm not asking for the bullshit quotes after. And, and, and when you get injured, here's what I'm asking for. When you get injured and a teammate of yours has your back, okay, actually goes out and defends you, just because you don't like the way he's defending you because he went at Machado's head doesn't mean you should be out there in front of the cameras and in front of the world to see throwing your teammate under the bus when this is a guy who is defending you because you're hurt now because of a dirty slide by a player who is a punk. Machado, and again, this isn't his first dance. I told you about the situation in 2014. How about last season? Go back and watch the video of him and Jordano Ventura. Ventura throws inside twice on Machado, sort of low, near the, near the hips, near the knees, twice. It's a 2-0 count. Um, and Machado didn't like it. He's standing outside, st- standing outside the box, putting his batter's gloves on, staring down Ventura. And Ventura, I'm not saying Ventura, you know, was someone that didn't get involved in this stuff either. Ventura hit people all the time. 
And maybe that's why Machado was pissed. But he didn't get hit. It was inside. It was a 2-0 count. Machado flies out to left field. As he's walking down the first baseline, he's yelling out at Ventura. And, and just running his mouth. And it looked just like the overreaction that he had to the Donaldson play in 2014. Which kind of made me think, alright, this kid likes to run his mouth. And he likes to get involved in this stuff. Well, the next at bat, Machado got hit. Got hit low. Guess what happened? He charged him out, right? And he threw a punch like he was Tom Brady throwing a football. Wasn't a very good punch. And him and Yodana Ventura went at it. So this isn't Machado's first time. So he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt here. And when that guy injures the team leader and a player on this team actually goes out and defends Dustin Pedroia, I don't think that it's right for Pedroia, or it's not a good look at all for Pedroia to be up on that top step of the dugout, yelling, at, you know, calling his, calling out his teammate. It's insane to me. The more I watch it, I cringe. And he doubled down after the game. He said he loved Manny Machado. Enough of that. Enough. So once I heard that, I'm thinking, all right, now I want to hear what everyone else is saying. I want to hear first what Matt Bonds is saying. Like, what did Matt Bonds say about this? Like, did, did Matt Bonds apologize? Did he, you know, what side did Bonds take? Because if you're Bonds, I don't know, you might think you didn't do anything wrong. Even though you did throw at his head. And I'm not saying that was the right thing to throw at his head. He should hit him in the ass, hit him in the back. He, Matt Bonds throws heat, throws 98. Here's what Matt Bonds had to say after the game. I would never, ever intentionally throw somebody's head. I mean, that's 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 kind of a line that you don't cross. Um, you know, I'm I'm sorry that he kind of ended up that high, and and you know, fortunately, he did not hit him. Um, but no, I, I think he's probably got every right to be mad that that that, guy, that one got loose. All right, so Matt Bonds, you know what he's saying? He's saying, you know what? I didn't I didn't mean to hit him in the head. It got away. He didn't say he didn't mean to hit him. He said he didn't mean to hit him in the head. Which tells me that, oh, and look, obviously that was retaliation. Obviously that was a purpose pitch. He obviously meant to hit him. We can agree to disagree. Uh, you know, I don't know that I agree with him and believe him when he says he didn't mean to hit him in the head. But he obviously was trying to get it up there, right? Wherever he was trying to get, he wasn't trying to hit him in the ass. wasn't trying to hit him in the waist. He was trying to throw it up in him, all right? And he said it got away from him. He didn't say he wasn't trying to hit him. just said he wasn't trying to hit him in the head. So then I hear that, I go, okay, what side is the manager going to take? Because he could take one of two sides. He could take Pedroia's side and say, you know what? That's not how we're going to do it. We're going to talk to Matt. Um, If we were going to retaliate, it would have been the first game. That's bullshit. That's on Matt Bonds. That's not on us as a team. They shouldn't retaliate on us. Pedroia's right to be pissed. Bonds can't be doing that. Farrell could either take that side or he could take the side of, hey, you know what? Eh, it got away from him a little bit. And I was curious to know. So here's John Farrell after the game yesterday. You know, he's trying to take a four-seamer in above his hands, uh, and, and the pitch got away from him. Uh, I think anytime you see a pitch up around the head, uh, it, it's a dangerous pitch. Uh, no one likes to see it. Uh, but uh, I think if you look at the attack plan of our right-handed pitchers, there, there's an area in above the hands that you're trying to go to. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, it does get away from him in that spot. Oh, I love it. I love it. Farrell goes all scouting report. Like, hey, you know, we pitch up and in. We pitch inside. That's what we do this season. Uh, And you know what? It got away from him. So Farrell takes Bond's side. He defends his guy. And for all the people that crush John Farrell in this town, I don't know. Is he going to get praised for this? Here's here's what I think we're going to hear. from You're going to hear from people in the media. I think you're going to hear people who 
love, who, who are friends with Pedroia or like Pedroia or respect Pedroia enough where, you know what, they're, they're going to take it easy on him, maybe even ignore this thing and say, hey, you know what, he had a right to be upset, he shouldn't have thrown it his head, let's move on. I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm not letting this go. When I hear the manager defend the player that defended Dustin Pedroia, well, that tells me all I need to know about this situation. Okay, it does. It tells me all I need to know. Pete, how did you read that? I want your reaction on what you just heard. John Farrell, whose side did he take? Did he take Pedroia's side or did he defend Matt Bonds? What did you hear there? I think he's on Bond's side for sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. He defended Matt Bonds. Like he said nothing about Pedroia, well, about no, the previous. You know what? You know. Well, just the fact that he said it got away from yeah. him, right? And he points to the scouting report, which again, I mean, <laughs> we all know that's not true. He's not even acknowledging he, the he situation. He was trying to hit him. <laughs> but, but he, you know, Farrell did say, well, it, it's unfortunate it got up near his head. But it just, it's a pitch that got away from him, that he wasn't, you know, wasn't trying to hit him. He defended Matt Bonds. You know, that to me is all I need to know, how people in that room feel. And I get it. Not every player agrees with the manager. But if you think, I'm telling you right now, if you think there are players in the Red Sox clubhouse, not just pitchers, but other players, if you think there are players in that clubhouse, right, and, and they, if you think they are not talking about this, you're out of your mind. They're talking about it. And, and I'll give you an example of players talking about this type of stuff where a player calls out a, a, a member of his team. I was also covering the Bruins during these days where I'm covering the Red Sox, right? I was everywhere. Wow, I, another story. I was huh? another story. I love it. It's just story time. Open it's all it up coming today. out. Oh, Open it's it up. A, uh, P, one day it's all going to come out. And, <laughs> you know, it'll, it, that, you know, we'll just sell one big advertisement and we'll cash out, right? <laughs> we'll do one show. We'll get, you know, the numbers will be through the roof. We'll just one advertisement. Boom. Cash out. See you later. You'll burn every bridge Gonzo, you have. <laughs> and, then I'll, and then I will write the book from some exotic beach uh, sipping on a banana mama. You know what I mean? And, and everything. Life will be great. And, uh, and that beach will probably be M Street Beach. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Salty. That's, that's a, I'm not going to lie to you. I'll be honest. That's probably the beach I'm going to be at um, because I'm never leaving. But, you know, that, that's what will happen. But it's story time. I, I used to cover the Bruins as well. And I was in the locker room after practice one day, and it was a day after Andrew Ference. Andrew Ference was talking to the media, and he called out, basically threw Daniel Paye under the bus. Daniel Paye was handed a suspension by the league. He came over the middle and came up high on a hit, all right? Now, the hit was high. Look, he deserved the suspension, right? He deserved a suspension. I don't think there were players in that room that, that believed to a man he didn't deserve a suspension. He, he got a suspension, and he deserved it. I believe it was against Dallas. I'm not sure. He came over the middle, hit the guy high, clearly worthy of a suspension, in my opinion, and I think in, in the opinion of others. Well, Andrew Ferentz took that opinion to the media. And as the media was around, and I was actually in this scrum as he did it, I think it was the day before. I don't think it was the day of I think it was the day before or, or a couple days before at Restucia Arena, the practice arena after practice. And Andrew Ferentz said, you know what? The league got it right. That's what he said. He said, the league got it right. If we're trying to eliminate these hits, the league got it right. He, he didn't defend his, his player, his teammate. He threw his teammate essentially under the bus. I was at practice after that, a day later, two days later, I forget when it was. Two players I was talking to. One came up to me. And, you know, you, you talk to players off the record, this, that, the other thing. And one of these players 
couldn't have been more pissed off at Andrew Ference. And he's saying this to me in the locker room, in the Bruins locker room. This is what he says. He said, can you believe Ference said that the other day? Can you believe he said, now this is all off the record shit. I, you know, I think he trusted me to the point where, you know, I didn't have my recorder out. We were having a normal conversation about something else. I think it was even, I don't know if it was non-hockey related or what. We're having a conversation. He goes, can you believe, can you believe Andrew Ference said that and threw, threw Pie under the bus? And uh, again, anonymous play. I'm not going to tell you who it is. But then there was another player that came over and, and, and agreed and said, yeah, that's bullshit. And the first player said to me, I've never been on a team that there's been a player throw a, a teammate under the bus to the media like that. I've, n- I've never seen it happen. And he was bullshit. And he said, I don't care what you think about this hit. You get your teammates back. Okay? To, when, to, when you're talking out there and everybody can see it, you get your teammates back to the media. That's it. You can feel how you want to feel. We can talk about it after. But, but in that moment, that's bullshit. So players do talk about that stuff behind other players' backs. You will get circles now in the Red Sox clubhouse, especially since I just pointed out to you, Fernando Abad was involved in a situation where his teammate, Josh Donaldson, was almost, you know, in, in an altercation with Machado because Machado overreacted and Abad tried to retaliate. And, you know, Machado was being a punk. I'm sure that Abad reminded the Red Sox of this. And by the way, the Red Sox know about Machado. They don't need to be reminded. You mean to tell me they're sitting out there in that bullpen before Bonds goes in and they're not talking about this? Hey, Machado's coming up, 6 nothing game. Machado hasn't paid yet. But what's the reason for it? It's because they're defending Dustin Pedroia. That is the only reason. And when he does it and he defends his guy, what does Pedroia do? And it's the first thing he does, and he goes out of his way to do it. He calls over to Machado and says, that's bullshit. That's not me. That's him. That's what Pedroia does. And to that, I'll say it because nobody else will. Fuck Dustin Pedroia. Honestly. Like, honestly. For what's he from? California? Sonny, call Oakland right now. Affordable contract for Pedroia? Get me Sonny Gray. I know Gray's injured. Let's go. Pedroia for Sonny Gray. Let's make it happen. Honestly. I I mean, please. Like, what are we doing here? You got a guy that goes out there. You think Matt Matt Bonds wakes up every day and goes, hey, I'm going to throw at someone's head? Right? Or do you think Matt Bonds thinks to himself, hey, I got a career of my own here too. And I'd like to succeed. I'm having a nice little season. I've earned the eighth inning roll. Right? We got a nice little back end of the bullpen, and I'm the guy. I want to go out and have a successful season. When it comes time for me to get a big contract, I want to get it. And you know what? I want to be a closer. I don't want to be a setup man. I'm working towards that. You think Matt Bonds wakes up every day and says, I'm going to go throw at someone's head and get myself out of ejected from a game? And who knows what happens there? You know what I mean? Who knows? Nothing's guaranteed in this game in professional sports. You lose a spot. You lose your role. Come on. You think he wakes up and says he's going to do that? No. But he sits there and goes, Pedroia's hurt. He's the heart and soul of the team. Somebody needs to step up and do something here. And do you really have a... All right, you don't like that he went in his head. But in general, do you have a problem that Matt Bonds retaliated? No. And if you are upset that he went in his head, there's a time and a place to do it. Send him a text. Give him a call if you're Pedroia. Don't do it right there out in the open. That's an awful look. That's a terrible look. And the more I watch it, it looks worse and worse and worse. It's like, it's like the emotions when you see it, it's like, I'm confused. 
is this really what he's doing? Then it's like, why are you doing this? Why can't you wait till after? Then you hit a post game and you're like, holy shit, he's doubling down on this. He loves Manny Machado. What are we talking about? Who are we talking about? And the manager defends the, the reliever and you just put it all together and you're like, these teams are going to play. What? 13 more times? I think it is. They're going to play a lot. I understand if there's a thought process of, hey, we don't want our guys getting thrown at. But here's the deal. Dustin Pedroia is hurt because of Manny Machado. And the Red Sox, to be honest, still actually haven't made Machado pay for it. He hasn't even been hit yet. I actually think Machado's going to get hit the next time they play by someone. But you know what? Maybe not anymore. Because now, if you're a pitcher in that bullpen or on that staff, and you see that from Pedroia, that's bullshit. No, Pedroia, you say that you're calling Bonds out? No, no. That's bullshit that you call Bonds out. He has, he's not even in the fucking shower yet, and you're pointing down the tunnel talking to the guy on the other side. What's Machado? What's he getting traded to the Red Sox? Is that, What are we doing here? He's in the Orioles. This is a rivalry. I love Manny. I mean, this is a rivalry. <laughs> what are we doing? You want to play with Manny Machado so bad? Guess what? How about we trade him to Baltimore? Not that I want to see that because the on-field product, you know, Pedraya, I'm not denying that he's a great player on the field. He just comes off as a major dickhead a lot. And you know what? There was, speaking of that, there was an audio clip after the game Friday in which after he gets spiked, he's asked a question. And I actually, I listened to this and I thought to myself, oh, really? Like, this is how you answer this? He got hurt. Machado hurt him. And this is how Pedroia was asked about the rule at second base. Here's uh, Peter. Are we gonna play the the question for. Want to play the question first? It's kind of low. You can't really. All right. It. Then the question is basically. And I think it's Brian McPherson, uh, Providence Journal. I, I believe he's the one that asked this question. I apologize if I'm wrong on that. But um, he's in there. He's asking a question about the rule at at second base day. You know, the whole neighborhood play turning two and what the league's trying to do to cut down on that contact at second base. And here's Pedroia's response to it. Oh, I, don't, I don't even know what the rule is. I mean, I've turned the best double play in the major leagues for 11 years. So I don't need the fucking rule. <laughs> Let's be honest. You know, the rule's irrelevant. The rule's for people with bad footwork. Oh my God. That's it. Shut up. I mean, are you shitting me? Really? I don't need a, I don't, I don't need the rule. I don't know. I don't even know the rule. The rules for people with bad footwork. Look at me. I'm Dustin Pedroia, all-star second baseman. You think I know fucking rules? I don't play by the rules. I'm the laser show. Boom. Shut the fuck up. You sound like a dickhead, okay? And if you talked like this to people out in the street normally, you would get your ass kicked. He would get his ass kicked, okay? He would. Let's be honest here, folks. And he, And this is, look. Now, you hear that the other night. Now you hear all this stuff coming out yesterday. Holy shit. I mean, I feel like if you told me this stuff was happening and didn't give me the audio and that Pedroia did that, if you just told me it happened, I wouldn't believe you. I'd say, no way. I'd say, Pedroia, he likes to run his mouth, but he's going to defend his guys, especially if his guys are going to defend him. I would tell you that this didn't even happen. Since it did, this is, it's honestly too much for me. It's... I, I, um, I never thought we'd be talking about this because Pedroia is a great player on the field and you want his production and he's done a nice job in the leadoff spot. It's unfortunate that he's hurt. 
again, the, the whole reason this is happening is because, is because we, the Red Sox are upset that Pedroia got hurt. They want him on the field. They want him on the team. And yet he's like, hey, that's not him. That's, that's not me. That's him. That's bullshit what he did. Can't believe he did that to you. Manny, I'm... Manny, are you all, You listen to Manny? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Manny. I'm sorry. Th- I, that's what, not me. It's him. What do you think the guys on the that's bench bullshit. are That's bullshit. I wish I could see their reaction. I don't... It's like looking over like puzzled no. like, what? what's he I doing? Don't, I don't... Honestly, I think when people... Because there were tweets out there when it first happened live. People were saying, oh, Pedroia is ripping Machado a new one. And then when you actually read his lips, yeah. you're like, actually, he's doing the complete opposite. He's ripping Matt Bonds a new one. Which is embarrassing. Anywhere, if you're anywhere near him on the bench and you hear what he's saying. Yeah, I don't. What the hell is confu- going through your mind? And you know what? Farrell must have heard it. Yeah. And Farrell still took the stance of, I, I, and I don't know if Pedroia and Farrell like each other or not. I don't know if Farrell plays connect four with Pedroia uh, in his undies like Terry Francona did before the games. But, um, you know, I don't know if, if they have that relationship. I have no idea. But... I, I do know what John Farrell did after the game, and he defended Matt Bonds. He defended his guy. Something that Matt Bonds was trying to do. Something that, you know, I think Dustin Pedroia should have probably done. But if he didn't want to do that, he should have just done nothing at all. Because whatever he said in that moment on the field, or even after the game to the media, that's not going to change what the Orioles are going to do if they are going to retaliate. It's the, the, the Orioles aren't going to look at that and go, Hey, guys, did you see Pedroia just apologize to Machado? You know what they're doing in, in Baltimore? I think I, I saw Zach Britton. I think, these, they're clo- I think I saw Zach Britton, their closer. Some quote from him saying, Pedroia doesn't have the proper leadership. Oh, that's a poor way to be a leader. The Orioles are laughing at Pedroia for standing on the, on the top step of the dugout, apologizing. The Orioles are laughing at you. Meanwhile, Matt Bonds, I, can you imagine being Bonds? Going like that, like seeing this going, really? Like, do you think I wanted to come out? Do you think I want to do this? No. I, I felt like somebody had to. All right? The boys are all in the bullpen. We're all talking. We're like, fuck this guy. He hit Petey. He's our leader. He's our guy. He's go- he hasn't paid for it yet? Guess what? He's going to pay now. If this, isn't the first, this isn't the first time we've seen this in baseball. It won't be the last. And guess what? I got more news for you. This won't be the last time Manny Machado's involved in something like this, okay? It won't be. They, they were defending Dustin Pedroia. How do you think Matt Bonds feels after all this? And then not only after Pedroia did that on the field, but Pedroia doubles down to the media. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Man, I can't believe we even have to talk about it. But I'm so pissed off about it. Like, it's just... I'm done with, honestly, I'm done with Pedroia after this. I'm done. Give me Bogarts, Benatendi, Betts, Hanley. One through four. Mitch Morland, five. How about that? Get a pitcher in here. Get another pitcher. Send him to Oakland. Send Pedroia to Oakland. Sonny Gray. Let's go. Make it happen. Honestly, what are we doing? If, if you can survive without David Ortiz, you can survive without Dustin Pedroia. Because I have news for you. David Ortiz was a much bigger leader than Dustin Pedroia is. Seemingly. We know we are seeing this right now. All right? You know, and don't forget that Pedroia was someone involved in the whole Bobby Valentine business. I know Adrian Gonzalez takes a lot of heat for that. But, 
But Pedroia felt the same way as Adrian Gonzalez. So when you knock Adrian Gonzalez for feeling the way he felt about the manager and how he felt about the team that year, you got to know, and you better know, that Pedroia felt the same way. What Gonzalez was texting to ownership was probably coming from Pedroia, for crying out loud. So what is what are we going to do here? I, You know what? I'm telling you right now, Pete, this is not going to be a big, no one, they're not going to make this a big thing. They're not. But behind closed doors, Pete, you've been on teams, I've been on teams, we've been in locker rooms, and I've covered teams. I mean, you get somebody that throws you under the bus like that, even as another teammate, you're like, what the fuck was that? What's going on there? You mean to tell me nobody on that team talked about it after? Behind Petey's back? I'm sure they did. Now, maybe Pedroia got together with the boys after and said, guys, you know what? I overreacted. I was trying to protect you guys from getting hit. I don't know. Maybe he did. Even if he did do that, I still think people would look at it and go, yeah, it's just, it just looks like shit. You know? Looks like shit. He, he, who, who do you want to play? Honestly, who do you want to go out there and battle with? The guy who's going to get you back or the guy who's going to throw another guy under the bus? Dead serious. It's great that Pedroia does what he does on the field and the production that he has, but come on now. Come on now. They got a lot of nice young players in this organization. They got some good things going on right now in this organization. Um, you lost a leader in David Ortiz, and you're looking for more leadership. Like, this is the complete opposite of what y'all looking for from your ball club in the first month of the season without David Ortiz. Do you think David Ortiz will be on the top step of that dugout? He's probably friends with Machado. But I don't think Ortiz would be doing that. If Ortiz got thrown at, right? Pete, what do you think would happen in this situation? If David Ortiz got thrown at, right? He got, even if it wasn't up and in. If he got hit on the waist, on the hip. Um, and the, one of the Red Sox pitches retaliated. Do you think David Ortiz, even if they threw it his head, you think Ortiz would be out there going, hey, that's, that's on him, not me. No way. No, Ortiz would be the first one out of the dugout throw, ready to throw hands with the other team. Like, it's just, I feel like Ortiz would have such the, Ortiz would have been like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, and I would, we would have too. We would have been like, that's right. That's what happens when you slide like that into our all-star second baseman and yeah, somebody who's the heart and soul of the team. There would have been a brawl. So I'm, man, I'm confused, but at the same time, based on some of the things that I, I mean, I don't like Pedroia, okay? And he probably doesn't even remember that situation with me. I would remember it because I was rattled, and I was like, I didn't do anything to deserve that. And I'm also always thinking to myself, whenever I hear him now talk, I'm like, he wouldn't talk like this out walking down the street to someone. You think he'd walk down the street to someone, see a stranger you didn't know, and go, who the fuck are you? No, you know why? He got clocked, okay? You got clocked. Like, that, like, what are you doing? Like, what, what makes you such a big, tough guy to be in that situation saying that to someone? What, what gives you that right? But you're always running your mouth. You're this big, tough guy. You're always flexing, pounding your chest. And the minute someone gets your back and it doesn't look pretty, you're going to go yell out and apologize and throw your own teammate under the bus who was getting your back? Fuck Dustin Pedroia. See you later. See you later. God. <sighs> so, that's what we got with the Red Sox. I mean, you probably see nothing happen. Who knows what happens with Pedroia? Look, I, I hope he gets back and healthy. If you're going to keep him, you might as well go out and produce. But I, the only reason we're upset about this in the first place is because Pedroia got hurt, and we don't want to see him hurt. 
But it's almost like he can't understand that, which is mind-boggling to me. Mind-boggling. I can't, I, Pete, I can't comprehend this situation. I've never seen anything like this. And I had a night to sleep on it. And the more I want, like yesterday in the radio, I was like, I even said it. I kind of, I, I, you know, I hit Pedroia hot, I thought. I said, this is a bad look. I don't, I'm not saying you should be throwing at people's heads, but he was defending you. This is a bad look for Pedroia. What are you doing? If you really are that upset with the head hunting, text Machado, call him after the game, figure something out. Don't be airing it out in public. Not just once, but then again, twice doubling down to the media. Please. Like, I, I did hit him hard last night, yesterday on the radio, but the more I watched that video when I came home, and today, I come in here at Beantown Athletics, and we're all talking about it. You know, you get a similar reaction from, again, a similar reaction from a lot of people, which is, what was up with that? And honestly, if, if, if we're reacting like that, what do you think Matt Bonds and that pitching staff is doing? How do you think they reacted to it? Seriously. Um, I, and I know people say, well, it's Pedroia. He's, he's the Boston Red Sox. Sure. But that doesn't mean people can't be pissed off at him on his own team when he throws a teammate under the bus like he did. It's just crazy. It's crazy. I never thought we'd be seeing this. Even with Pedroia. Knowing that I don't like him. I don't like Pedroia. Yeah, I just, you know, his personality, I don't like it. But that said, I root for him on the field. And that said, if somebody told me this was going to happen, I'd say, no way. Yeah, he's got a big mouth, but he'd never throw a teammate under the bus like that. And here he is doing it. And it's shocking to me. It was confusing, turned to shock, turned to just downright anger. I'm pissed off about it. And you know what? I guarantee you there are some players in that Red Sox clubhouse that are pissed off too. So we'll see. We'll see. Let's, if they are, we're not going to find out about it, right? We're not going to find out about it. So that, unless, unless they do what I said, ship them, ship them off to, send them back to California. Say, hey, you got an affordable contract? Maybe Oakland wants to take advantage of that. We'll take Sonny Gray. Is Sonny Gray damaged goods right now? Is he banged up? Yeah, I don't know if he's damaged goods, but he's banged up. But when he's healthy, he's a great pitcher. And um, if you want to add another pitcher, go ahead. Hey. Make something like that happen. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Do it. Make it happen. So uh, we'll move on from that because it's the playoffs. The playoffs? Yeah, the playoffs. The Bruins are no longer in the playoffs. The Bruins are out. And um, what's, you ask yourself, what's the number one story? Bruins in the playoffs, or I should say Bruins out of the playoffs, or the Celtics still in the playoffs? I did tell you on the last podcast last week that it didn't look good for the Bruins. It's looking like it's over, right? That's when they were down 3-1. When the Celtics were down 2-0 last week's podcast, I tell you, you know what? The Celtics aren't done because it just, it can't end like that. They showed no fight in the first two games. They had the situation with Isaiah Thomas playing with a heavy heart, which he still is because of the tragic death of his youngest sister in a car accident. You know, I, I think that's not just tough for Isaiah. It's tough for the whole team. But, you know, they're playing for Isaiah. You saw that in Game 3. And Isaiah Thomas with 33 points in Game 4. The Celtics win two in Chicago, even up the series. Now, Rondo's absence with that hand injury plays a role. But I still think that the Celtics would be would be doing this regardless. They're showing some fight. And, um, you know, 
we go back and forth. What's the top story? The Celtics showing fight, still in the playoffs, or the Bruins out of the playoffs? What do you think? And I think that the top story out of those two things is the Celtics still in the playoffs. Because not only do they have a chance to win the series, but when you look at it, if they win, they play the winner of Washington and Atlanta. And they can beat either of those two teams, I believe. Which means that they could get to the Eastern Conference Finals to play the winner of Cleveland and... Well, Cleveland will play... Cleveland's already swept Indiana. Cleveland will play the winner of Milwaukee and Toronto uh, in the second round. I still think Toronto is going to move on from that series. And that's going to be a battle, Cleveland and Toronto. So we'll see what type of situation the Celtics are in if they can get past this round and if they can get past the second round. But they're showing fight right now. And Isaiah Thomas with 33 points. You got Gerald Green in the starting lineup contributing with 18 points last night in game four. The, the you know, b- behind Jimmy Butler and Isaiah Thomas, who each had 33 points in this game, Gerald Green had, had the highest, had the most points in this game outside of Isaiah and Butler. So that's, that's saying something. Gerald Green, I never thought we'd be talking about him being a major contributor in a Celtics playoff win, especially not in the starting lineup, but here he is. And I'm loving it. And I'm sure the Celtics are loving it too because it's that type of production from a player like that who isn't necessarily looked upon to give you 20 points a night. It's that type of production that's going to help you win some of these games if you do got some players having off nights. But Isaiah didn't have an off night last night, 33 points, and a phenomenal performance. But after the game, they was talking. They was talking after the game. And the Chicago Bulls, they're the ones talking, okay? First off, I want to say congratulations to Chicago Bulls head coach Fred Hoiberg, who coached in, apparently coached in his first NBA game last night, right? Congratulations to Fred Hoiberg because he coached his first game last night. And what he saw in his first game was that players in the NBA travel. They, they carry the ball. He's never seen this before. So when it's your first game coaching in the NBA, obviously I'm being sarcastic, but when it's your first game coaching the NBA and you see NBA players traveling, well, here's how you react to it. Isaiah Thomas is a hell of a player, an unbelievable competitor. He's a warrior, everything he's going through right now. He had a hell of a game tonight. But when you're allowed to discontinue your dribble on every possession, he is impossible to guard. He's impossible to guard when you're able to put your hand underneath the ball and take two or three steps and put it back down. It's impossible uh, to guard him in those situations. All right. I mean, look, sarcasm aside here. Fred Hoiberg, honestly, every player in the NBA does what Isaiah Thomas does. If you really wanted to come down on that, you know, you get a lot of people in this league who wouldn't be great players. Steph Curry is one of them. Steph Curry probably doesn't win anyone. Um, LeBron, I mean, you name it. Come on. You can't go there. Please. That is weak. That is as weak as it comes. You want to complain about something? You want to bitch about something? Fine. But that in the NBA? Come on. Come on, Freddy. What is that? That's weak. That's weak. Not as weak as Pedroia, but that's weak. That's one thing the Bulls are saying. Here's another thing the Bulls are saying. Marcus Smart and Jimmy Butler, they had a little... Face-to-face. They had a little face-to-face last night on the court. And Jimmy Butler, well, here's what he had to say, talking shit after the game. As far as the Marcus Smart situation goes, um, 
he's a he's a great actor, acting tough. That's what he does. Um, but I don't think he's about that. And um, I, I just don't think I'm, I'm the wrong guy to, to get in my face. Not not so. He need to um, take it somewhere else because I'm I'm not the one for that. Is, it, is that the first time he said something to you, or has that been going on the series? Uh, I think yeah, that's the first time. Um, last time too. We're not gonna sit here and and um, get in each other's faces like that. Like like I said, that's. He's not about that life, so he's calming down. (laughs) He's not about that life. I'd love to see him find out. I'd love to see him find out. Game 5 at the TD Garden Wednesday night. Um, This series tied at 2. We going to see some drama? Maybe. We'll see. Is Marcus Smart about that life? I'd love to see him. I'd love to find out. I'd love for Jimmy Butler to find out. And I'm actually, I'm a Jimmy Butler guy. I wanted to see him with the Celtics right now in the playoffs. But uh, that's obviously not the case. So that's what we have with the Celtics. They have a very good chance to win this series. I would put my money on the Celtics uh, actually winning the series. Could go seven, right? But but I think the Celtics will be able to pull it out, especially with the home court if they get that game seven at the TD. Garden with the Bruins again this season is over. They lost to the Ottawa Senators. In overtime in Game 6 at the TD Garden yesterday, David Postonok with a brutal penalty. I mean, we were mad at the refs all weekend and really all series, but can you blame the refs for calling Postonok for that penalty in overtime, which he tackles the guy from behind on the rush into the Bruins zone, the guy without the puck? He didn't have the puck, right? He just tackled him from behind. It's like, what are you doing? And he tackles him from behind, and guess what happens? Guess what happens? They call the penalty. And then what? What happens after the penalty? The Ottawa Senators score. The Ottawa Senators score the game-winning goal in overtime. The Bruins' season is over. A lot of power over. play goals for them. Over. And goals. the Bruins are just giving them power plays. Yeah. Shooting the puck up over the glass. Three times they shot the puck up. Three times in the first, what, five minutes of the game? They shot the puck up over the glass. Delay a game. And uh, I, I just... For me to get worked up, though, about the Bruins season being over would be a little ridiculous because I think the Bruins took the right steps. They took all the right steps. They got Charlie McAvoy involved. He showed some some great progress. I didn't even think he was going to get the opportunity to show progress. And when he got the opportunity, I didn't know how good he'd be. But he was damn good. And you should be thrilled about that. Other players like Joe Morrow, Kevin Miller, I thought had a great series. Uh, Tuka Rask had a couple really nice games. They would The Bruins would have got swept if it wasn't for Tuka. But the Bruins were all banged up. And, you know, but they got some young kids who got their feet wet. I, I saw a quote from David Backus after the game in which he said, you know, this we, we have unfinished business here. And the young kids got their feet wet. And I completely agree. And if you're going to take anything away from this Bruins season, that's it. The young kids they got playoff experience. And uh, the future looks bright. The future looks bright for the Bruins as soon as next season, okay? As soon as next season. So, even though they lost, I still think this was a successful season for the Bruins because they did get into the playoffs and they got some of these young kids uh, that playoff experience, which is certainly needed. So, that's what we got for you today. I also want to let you know, with NFL Draft Week, going to have ESPN's Field Yates uh, he covers the NFL for ESPN. You can see him on TV all the time. He's joining me in studio, and we will talk about the draft. We'll talk about some NFL offseason stuff as well as get into, you know, in-depth with some Patriots things with the Malcolm Butler situation. We'll get into all of it. A lot of football stuff with Field Yates from ESPN in studio. 
uh, coming in just a couple days. So subscribe to the show, dannypicard.com. Also now part of the Podcast One Network. Get it on iTunes, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are available. Follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Like me on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Danny Picard Show. That's it. I'm out. Talk to you soon.